if we could dramatically improve the adoption of innovations produced in our projects by one small design tweak, and especially those notoriously difficult and complex projects where there are no simple answers and multiple stakeholders involved. We've all heard about innovation, but in today's episode, we're talking all about co-innovation, what it is and when it's most appropriate to use. Co-innovation is a systems-based approach to facilitating practice change. Taking a systems approach means considering the wider environment around the problem. We need to identify the various influencing factors and the different people involved. Um, this might mean that instead of just including farmers and researchers, we'd also include people like exporters, policymakers, and of course, extension officers in our project. That small tweak is involving all the key stakeholders, especially end users, and involve them from the beginning of the project right through to the end. That's what makes the difference between an ordinary project and one that's supercharged for industry adoption. When working in the primary innovation project, one of my colleagues described co-innovation as co-development or co-design. And that really helped me picture what co-innovation is actually about. It's people working together to better define the problem and develop possible solutions. In one project, we looked at water use efficiency amongst irrigators, we included the water regulators, which helped bring a different perspective to the discussion. But John, it was so nerve wracking <laughs> having both farmers and regulators in the same room. <laughs> I bet it was, Denise. I came into that project a little after you. I recall the project leader, James Turner, discussing it at a forum in Melbourne that I attended. In fact, he was talking about the lost economic opportunity due to suboptimal adoption rates, James being the good economist that he is. He was showing this slide and he talked about maximizing adoption by involving end users from the beginning of the project. And that just made good sense to me. Fair enough, John. Uh, but let's finish off with some practical ideas for applying a co-innovation approach to a project, because there's a few things to do. Firstly, you need to ensure that there are those multiple participants involved. And we mentioned this earlier because it does mean involving everyone from on-farm, people like farm owners, managers, staff, as well as those off-farm, people like processing companies, uh, researchers, government agencies, and I'm thinking particularly those in policy and regulatory functions, um, farm input suppliers, consultants, vets, other rural professionals, um, and of course, non-government agencies. Secondly, you need to form groups of relevant participants to jointly identify key questions associated with the issues that you're focusing on. This is about providing opportunities to learn together and co-create or co-develop the knowledge so as to address these questions. Once you have questions, you can then develop and work together on potential solutions. You need to be comfortable that the outcome will not be known at the start of the process. That's a pretty uncomfortable place sometimes, John. Um, but thirdly, you need active cooperation from all participants. This means helping them to at least partially give up their independent positions in order to work with others. And that's part of the co-development. Fourthly, you need a process that values alternative views and knowledge, that acknowledges that local knowledge as well as science 
brings legitimate and relevant information to help develop solutions. This will mean managing power relationships to ensure all stakeholders are active participants. And that's not always an easy task, Denise. Yeah, fair enough, John. Um, in addition, you will need to create room for some roles in the project that may not be on your usual list of suspects. Um, particularly, you'll need reflexive monitors. Um, and these are independent individuals or organisations focused on enabling all stakeholders who are involved to actively participate in the co-innovation process. And the people in these roles will be observing group processes and will suggest appropriate changes to facilitate effective interaction and learning. Um, these roles are really challenging but really useful um, and you can read more about reflexive monitoring from a couple of different sources um, from the Netherlands which is the work of Barbara van Merlo and others and the other sources from here in New Zealand John and it's the work that came out of the primary innovation program. Um, we'll provide links to those in the show notes. Given all this what we think would normally take three years using a traditional approach might take about five years using a co-innovation approach. It's more resource hungry, but the benefit is that we can get much greater levels of adoption since we've involved the end users from the beginning of the project. So Denise, if co-innovation is so wonderful, should we be using it for all our practice change projects? No, um, of course not, John. Um, it's horses for courses. Co-innovation is best suited to complex projects where there are no simple answers and there are multiple stakeholders involved. In the book Over the Fence, there's a diagram which shows how technology transfer approaches are fine for simple problems, but for complex ones, you'll need a co-innovation approach. And we'll put a link to this book and other material in the show notes. So, in conclusion, when you have a complex problem that involves multiple stakeholders, co-innovation is a great contemporary approach to apply. In this episode, we've explained what co-innovation is and when it's most appropriate to use. We're going to do another episode on co-innovation soon. And in that, we'll be exploring the principles of co-innovation and the current thinking in this space. So you've heard our thoughts, now we'd like to hear yours. Add a comment below this episode and tell us your experiences with co-innovation, including any tips and further ideas about it. We don't want this just to be a one-way conversation, so join in by sharing your thoughts with us. Thanks, folks, for joining us on this Enablers of Change episode. Remember to subscribe if you'd like to know when new episodes are available. All the best until we meet again. Mm -hmm.